to go, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 8 through 13. I guess if there were one word that would somehow define the Apostle Paul, it would be endurance, maybe perseverance. But you look at the life of Paul and you see somebody that kept on keeping on time and again. Paul had a mission. That mission was to reach out to people far and wide and teach them the gospel of Christ. And so in 2 Timothy chapter 2, the apostle Paul talks about some of the difficulties that he faced and the fact that even though he suffered immensely, he continued to preach and teach the Word of God. We're going to be looking at this text in just a moment. I do want to say how much we appreciate each and every one who is here tonight. We're very grateful for the opportunity to be together. I'm very thankful for our young folks, and we always have a large contingency of young folks that come every Sunday night and Wednesday night, and they set a great example. I could only wish that some of our older members had the same heart that they have because they demonstrate a great heart, and they're here all the time, and they set a great, great example. And so there's some folks that, quite frankly, need to do better. And so it's my prayer that they will step up and do better. Let's look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 for a minute. I want to begin by talking about Paul's adversities in life. Paul, as you well know, faced a number of adversities in life. And in 2 Timothy chapter 2, he's going to talk about the cause of his adversities. Listen again to what he says in verse 8. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer even to the point of chains. So if you were to ask the question, all right, Paul, what's the source of all of your troubles and all of your problems, all of your adversities in life? He would say, it's Jesus. Jesus is the reason why I suffer trouble, as he would say, as an evildoer. Now, Paul was not an evildoer, as you well know, characterized and maligned many times as an evildoer, but Paul suffered immensely for the cause. Do you remember back in Acts chapter 9 when the Lord called Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus? And God, or the Lord, spoke to a man by the name of Ananias and instructed him to go to Saul of Tarsus. Ananias was initially hesitant to go because he knew of the reputation of the apostle Paul and, and the Lord said, look, you need to understand he is a chosen vessel of mine. He's going to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. And then he said, I'm going to show him how many great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Paul literally suffered for the cause of Jesus Christ. As a matter of fact, I think about what he said in Galatians 6, 17. Paul said, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. I can only imagine the scars on the body of the Apostle Paul. I suspect that he had been beaten, as we would say, to a pulp on many occasions. And yet, as we think about the cause of his adversity, let me just very quickly cite for you the complexity of his adversities. 
Because when you begin to catalog some of the things that Paul faced in this life, it's easy to understand why he could write to the saints in Galatia and say, look, I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me just call attention to the book of 2 Corinthians very quickly. Go back and look with me, if you would, at 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Paul asked the question, are they Hebrews? Verse 22, he said, so am I. Are they Israelites? He said, so am I. Are they of the seed of Abraham? So am I. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more. In labors more abundant. In stripes above measure. In prisons more frequently. In deaths often. From the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one. 195 stripes had been laid upon the back of the Apostle Paul. And then he said, three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've been in the deep. And then listen to him in verse 26. In journeys often. In perils of waters. In perils of robbers. In perils of my own countrymen. In perils of the Gentiles. In perils in the city. In perils in the wilderness. In perils in the sea. In perils among false brethren. In weariness and toil. In sleeplessness often. In hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. And then he said, besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for all the churches. I don't know about you, but when I read that, I stand amazed at the life of an individual that would literally suffer that much for the cause of Christ. And I believe that he did so willingly and humbly. He did so submissively. Paul was willing to suffer whatever for the cause of Jesus Christ. So when you begin to catalog the pain of the Apostle Paul, it was immense, no doubt. And yet you think about all of the things that he's cataloged in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and then match that against the fact that he wouldn't give up. That he persevered time and again. He demonstrated what we call a lot of heart, didn't he? Yes, he did. And so I think about the complexities of his adversities. No doubt immense pain, but then also, by way of contrast, immense gain. Drop down, look at verse 11. Paul said, this is a faithful saying. If we died with him, he said, we shall also live with him. If we endure, we shall also reign with him. Don't you think the Apostle Paul understood that despite all of the troubles and trials and adversities that he might face in life, ultimately there was something better waiting on him? Do you remember when Jesus preached what we typically call the Sermon on the Mount? And he said, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you, persecute you, and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my name's sake. And then he said, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So Paul was in good company. But ultimately what Jesus is saying here, look, when you suffer for my name, you need to understand there's something great that awaits you. So his adversities in life, but now consider with me if you would, secondly, his attitude in life. Sometimes we talk about attitude. 
I'm convinced attitude is everything. Think about people that have a lot of heart. You know, there are some folks that might be challenged physically. They may have challenges emotionally. It might even be the case that they are challenged to some extent mentally, but they have a lot of heart. I remember many years ago when I was in school, one of my college professors said, I would rather have a hard-working B student any day than a lazy A student. All he's saying is, there's something about heart. Paul had a lot of heart, and he demonstrated that time and again. So, what about his attitude? Let me first of all call attention to the extent of his persevering spirit. This spirit of endurance that so characterized him. Listen again to what Paul said. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer even to the point of chains. The word of God is not chained. Now listen to him in verse 10. Therefore, in light of this fact, Paul said, I endure all things for the sake of the elect. All right, Paul, how much are you willing to suffer for the cause of Christ? He said it. I'm willing to suffer, I'm willing to endure all things for his sake. Could that be said of you? Could it be said of us as a collective body of people? Would we be willing to suffer all things for the sake of the elect? When you think about the extent of his persevering spirit, what is it that is to characterize us as children of God? Well, we have to have a spirit of endurance, a spirit of perseverance, don't we? It takes a lot of heart to go on when you've been knocked to the mat time and again. I read just a moment ago, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, and I, I look at that statement by Paul, and I think about here is a guy that was beaten up and suffered immensely for the cause of Christ, and yet he kept on keeping on, didn't he? He would not go away to the chagrin, no doubt, of a lot of folks. So what about the evidence? Do we have evidence of Paul demonstrating a persevering spirit? Well, he said in verse 10, I endure all things for the sake of the elect. But do we have ample evidence of that? Let me give you a couple of examples. Turn back with me, if you would, to the book of Acts for a minute. In Acts chapter 14, Paul and we read of the Apostle Paul and Barnabas in Lystra. And they are being deified in the city by the idolatrous people. And in verse 19, the Bible tells us that Jews from Antioch and Iconium came. And the text says they persuaded the multitude. And then they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city supposing him to be dead. However, when the disciples gathered around him, he rose up and went into the city. Now, wait a minute. You're telling me this guy was stoned, dragged out of the city. People thought he was dead. The disciples come to him. He rises up and he goes right back in the city. That's exactly right. That's what Luke said. Now, you talk about somebody that has some heart. We talk about somebody who is resilient or tenacious. 
who just won't go away, who won't give up, that's Paul. Paul was hungry when it came to serving the Lord. And then, turn over, if you would, to 2 Timothy chapter 3. And listen to what Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3. And he brings to mind the city of Lystra. He said, you've carefully followed my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, love, perseverance. Paul here is saying to Timothy, look, you know, you know my character. You know what I stand for. You know what I believe. You know about my long-suffering spirit. You're well acquainted with my faith. You know about my persevering spirit. And you also know very well about my persecutions and afflictions. And then he said, which happened to me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. Now listen to him. And out of them all the Lord delivered me. Now look at verse 12. In verse 12 Paul said, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus, and I would underline this, will suffer persecution. Let me read it again. All who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. Why was Paul suffering time and again? Because of Christ Jesus, was he not? Yes. Do you remember when he went to Thessalonica? And prior to going to the city of Thessalonica, he had been in Philippi. And Luke records that in Acts chapter 15. And Paul and Silas, they're now traveling companions. And in Philippi, they are beaten. They are placed in stocks. At midnight, they're praying and singing praises to God. Chapter 17, they're in Thessalonica. And the charge is made against them. These men that have turned the world upside down, they've come here too. The unbelieving Jews time and again hounded the Apostle Paul, and yet he would not relent. He wouldn't give up. Matter of fact, there were two things that stand out in my mind about the Apostle, about the Apostle Paul. Number one, defeat was not an option. There is no way the Apostle Paul was going to walk away and say, you know what, you won, I give up, I'm going home. Not at all. Could I say this, we need that same kind of attitude today. Defeat is not acceptable. It's not acceptable. You know, you think about what Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When Jesus gave the Great Commission in Matthew 28, and he said, go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And then he said, lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Do you think the Lord Jesus would have given us a commission to go out and reach the world with the gospel if he didn't believe we could fulfill that commission? Now you think about the Apostle Paul and some of the other apostles. Do you really think in their heart of hearts that they ever entertained the idea, you know what, let's just give up. Let's just walk away from all that. Not at all. Not one chance. Defeat was not an option. Let me tell you another thing. Defeat wasn't an option. Desertion was not an option. Do you really think the Apostle Paul's going to walk away from the Son of God and say, you know what, I've served you long enough, I've had enough, I'm going home. 
You want to talk about somebody that had a lot of heart? Who was a grinder? I mean, day in, day out, would not give up. That's what Christianity is all about. Grinding day in and day out. Look, things don't always go our way. When we talk about the work of the church and going forward for the cause of Christ, are there not hiccups along the way? Yes. Are there not setbacks? Yes. Are there not disappointments again? Yes. Are there not times when we become discouraged again? Yes. But do we ever entertain the idea of just walking away and deserting the cause? Absolutely not. Let me give you an example of what I'm talking about. Turn over to chapter 4 very quickly. I mentioned disappointment. And I said, when you look at the life of the Apostle Paul and you think about, okay, do we have some evidence that he demonstrated a persevering spirit? The answer is yes. Okay? So when you look at the, at the life of the Apostle Paul, defeat is not an option. It's not acceptable. Desertion, not acceptable. All right? So what about your disappointments, your discouragements? All right, look at verse 10. For Demas has forsaken me, having loved this present world. I thought Demas was a fellow laborer in the Lord. Yes, he was. At one time, he had been a faithful co-worker of the Apostle Paul. Read Philemon 24. Read Colossians, Colossians chapter 4, verse... Read Colossians chapter 4. And you'll find Demas serving side by side with the Apostle Paul. And so, don't you think that was a disappointment? Yes. You think Paul's going to say, all right, I'm just going to pack up and go home because one of my brothers in Christ has gone back into the world because he's defected, not at all. All right, drop down. Look at verse 14. In verse 14, Paul said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his works. He said, you also must beware of him, for he has greatly resisted our words. All right, Paul, are you disappointed in the actions of Alexander the coppersmith who's made life very difficult for you? Yes. You going to give up because of that? No. Look at verse 16. Paul said, at my first defense, no one stood with me. All forsook me. Surely, when everybody walks away and says, you know what, we're not going to, we're not going to rescue you. We're not coming to your aid. We're not going to stand by you. We're not going to be an ally. Surely it's time to pack up and go home. Is that what Paul said? Paul said, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. You know, sometimes when times get tough, that's when you find out who your real friends are. So here's Paul all alone. Nobody standing with him. Is he bitter? Resentful? Listen to what he said. May it not be charged against them. Verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all the Gentiles might hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. And then he said in verse 18, And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work Preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Sounds to me like Paul's in this thing for good. Sounds to me like Paul's not willing to walk away, back, back off. 
going to continue preaching and teaching. So you think about his adversities in life, his attitude in life. What about his aim? Do you think the Apostle Paul was singular in his aim? I think he was. Don't you think that he had the, don't you think that he had the lost in his crosshairs? Listen to what he said again. Pick up with me in verse 10. Well, I'll tell you what, back up and look at verse 8 again. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel, for which I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains. But now listen to what he says. But the word of God is not chained. Therefore I endure all things for the sake of the elect, that they also may obtain salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. Two things here very quickly. First, his message. Paul had a message that had to be dispensed. That is, he had the gospel. And Paul understood that if people were going to be saved, the gospel had to be carried to them. And so the focal point of his life, preaching the word of God. Do you remember when he wrote to the saints in Rome? He said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power of God unto salvation. To everyone who believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. Do you remember when he wrote to the church at Corinth and he said, We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus our Lord, and ourselves as your servants for his sake. So I think about the message that he was willing to carry far and wide. But what about his mission? Look again at what he says in verse 9. I suffer trouble as an evildoer, even to the point of chains, but the word of God is not chained. I mentioned just a moment ago when the Apostle Paul was in the city of Philippi. And he and Silas have been beaten. Their feet are fastened in stocks. And the Bible says they're praying and singing praises to God. An earthquake occurs. And as a result of that, they have the opportunity to share the gospel with the jailer and his family. Philippians chapter 1. Paul talks about his chains in Christ. I want you to think about what he's saying here. Look. He said, I suffer even to the point of chains. Paul was chained to a Roman guard 24-7. And they're rotating these guards in and out. And yet Paul is saying to Timothy, look, I might be chained, but God's word is not chained. In other words, I still have a mouth, and I can use my mouth to teach the gospel to people. Paul was willing to share the gospel wherever, whenever, and to whomever. That ought to be our attitude. I mean, you think about the life of the Apostle Paul and you think about his aim. It was singular. Paul's whole desire in life was to reach the lost, wasn't it? He wanted to reach his fellow Jews. He was willing to reach out to the Gentile people. His concern was for people who were lost and dying in sin. There are people today just as lost as there were in the days of Paul. And here's Paul saying, you know what, I might be chained and I might be prohibited from going out 
and sharing the gospel in lots of different places, but I can use, I can use the opportunity before me to share the gospel. Let me just very quickly give an example of what I'm talking about with regard to his singular attitude. Go back and look at Colossians chapter 4 for just a minute. In Colossians chapter 4, in verse 2, Paul said, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. This is six years before he wrote to Timothy in his second letter. The time is about A.D. 61-62. I mentioned Demas a moment ago as one of his fellow laborers. At this time, Demas was faithful. Verse 14, six years later, Demas has defected. He's gone back into the world. So in verse 3, in verse three he said, Meanwhile, praying also for us that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I also am in chains. There's the idea. Paul's imprisoned, he's in chains, and what's he doing? He's asking that God would open a door. He's asking these people to pray on his behalf that God would open the door for him to do what? To share the gospel. Listen to him in verse 4. That I might make it manifest as I ought to speak. You tell me the apostle Paul didn't have a lot of heart. He had a lot of heart. And the reason why the church doesn't grow today like it did in the first century because we don't have the heart that he had, because we don't have the heart that they had in many respects. True? It's true. They had zeal. They had knowledge. They had love. And they had heart. And that's what we need. Look at the life of Paul, an amazing individual. Were there times when Paul could have just said, you know what, I've had enough? Sure. But that wasn't his attitude. So what I want to encourage us to do, dig deep and keep grinding. So many opportunities before us. Paul was looking for opportunities to share the gospel. And Paul recognized this fact. Look, you might put me in prison, you might put me in chains, but you can't keep me from, pe from preaching and teaching people who are right around me. Great lesson for us. Won't you pray with me? Our Father in heaven, we're thankful for your love and care for us. We're thankful for your word. We're so grateful for the life of Paul. Tremendous example that he set before people of every age. We ask, Father, that you would bless us with the same spirit. Help us to be like-minded and to do everything that we can to reach out to those who are lost and dying in sin. And Father, we pray that you would help us to become more Christ-like and help us to love the lost and reach the lost. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you're here tonight and you're not a Christian, we want to encourage you to come to Christ, believing that Jesus is the Son of God. The Bible says... That without faith, it's impossible to be well-pleasing to him. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. If you believe Jesus to be the Son of God and you would be willing to repent of your sins, Luke 13, 3. Confess the name of Jesus before others. Be baptized into Christ. Then the Bible says you will be forgiven. Acts 2, verse 38. If you're here tonight and you're not faithful to the cause for whatever, for, for whatever reason, 
Your life's not what it ought to be. Could we encourage you to come home? The Bible says if we confess our, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We would be more than happy tonight to go to God on your behalf, to pray with you, to pray for you, and God will abundantly pardon. Won't you come as we stand and sing?